1: I'd like to investigate in this sheer
0: Rashi's attitude towards the use of Midrash as a source for explaining the truth of Mikra. We know that Rashi many times tells us that his intent in his commentary on the Torah is to explain the simple meaning of the psuk. We also know that many times Rashi quotes Midrash and Certainly my approach is, and the approach of many of the great Miforshim, I'm not one of them, but the approach of one, many of the great Miforshei Rashi is that this is no contradiction. Rashi many times felt that the simple pshat, in a Pusik is the way the Midrash explains it. Not always, there are many Midrashim that he does not use, but sometimes, many times Rashi felt that the best way, the best and simplest and most direct way to explain a Pusik, to explain it the way that the Midrash did. I'd like to add to this a, a corollary, and that is that many times, I think we see that Rashi, once he begins with the Midrash, he will stick with it. In general, Rashi many times will begin his comment on a pasuk or a group of psukim with a certain short statement, and will then Continue along that line through several or even many psukim, and I think we can see this. We can see both of these ideas in Rashi <clears throat> in a group of psukim in Parshas Baha This is Perikhes Mishneh By Yedaber Hashem al Moshe lemo. Hashem spoke to Moshe, saying, "Kach etzalavim, take the Levim, mitach b'nei Yisrael from amongst the greater group of b'nei Yisrael." tiharta o and you shall purify them. you will prepare them for their special role of service in the Mishkan and in the base Mikdash. and here Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to be them to purify them. Let's continue the Lahim the and so you shall do to them in order to purify them. you shall do the following me'chatos you shall sprinkle upon them from the mechatos. What is mechatos? The truth is mechatos, I don't think has been mentioned at all in the Torah until now, but mechatos is easy enough to figure out that it is the water mixed with the ashes of the paradoma as it is presented later in the Sefer of the Midbar in Parashat Chukas. So you shall sprinkle upon the Leviyam paradoma water, And they shall um, cause to pass a razor over all of their flesh. In other words, they must shave off all the hair on their bodies. And they must uh, wander their clothes. It means they must even uh, put their clothes into the mikveh. And with this, they will become tohor. Let's just continue reading Sukkim. We will come back to Rashi soon. So, the first few steps are sprinkle them with paradoma water, have them shave, and have them uh, purify their clothing. And they will take an ox from the flock, from the herd, and it's meaning it's accompanying korban mincha. Solus, shaman, it will be fine flour mixed in oil, ufar and a second ox, ben bakar from the from the herd, You will take for a So there are two tara. One is unspecified exactly what kind of a carbon it is. Rashi will talk about it. And the second one is a katos. Let's continue. Test vihikravtoi esalavim lifne olam eight. And then you will bring the leviam close in front of the oil mayed, in front of the Mishkan, the Hikal Toa Yisrael. And you will congregate, you will gather the entire congregation of Bene Yisrael. Everybody, everyone must be present. And you will bring close the leviam in front of Hashem. Exactly what this means, I'm not sure. If they were in Pasuk Tes, what does it mean in Pasuk Yod that you should bring them in front of Hashem? I'm not sure. Maybe closer to the Oil Moyet, in the oil Moyet? I'm not sure. And the B'nai Yisrael should be seymet. They should lean their hands on the levim. Similar to the way a person must put his hands on the head of an animal that he's bringing for a korban. So here the B'nai Yisrael must do this
1: to the Levium and Aaron will
0: wave the levim. It's a waving with Hashem. In other words, Aaron had to pick up each lady and wave him around like a Yisrael. He is doing this from or if, uh, as an agent of Bnei Yisrael, as a Hashem, and then the Leviyim will be, they will be ready to serve the service
1: of Hashem. Let's go back and see the Rashi on these pzuchah. So Pasuk Bav said, take the Leviyim
0: from amongst B'nei Yisrael, the Tiharta Oisan, and you will purify them. We're not going to look at that Rashi specifically. Let's go to the next one. The sa'aseh lehem So you will do to purify them. Let's start with this part of the puzzle, Sprinkle upon them paraduma water. Rashi says, mechatos." Shall efor hapara? He explains that what is mechatos? Mechatos is water that is mixed with the ashes of the para, of the paraduma. That's an identification. That's an explanation of what the words mean. How to translate the words? Mechatos means water that has been mixed. With the paraduma, which is called echatas. And now Rashi is going to give us a reason. Miknei, Tmei Mesim Shaban. was commanded to do this because of the Tmei Mesim, of those amongst the Levian who happened to be tmei Mes, who had, for one reason or another, come into contact with dead bodies and were now tmei. So therefore, the who commanded Meshurabenu to sprinkle all of them with Mechatas. Why all of them? Um, well, why not just sprinkle those who, who, knew, who hadn't, were, knew that they had become Tameh? I'm not sure, perhaps. Maybe some people would have a suffolk. Maybe somebody became Tameh Mason, didn't even realize it, He walked into an ohel where there was a dead person. He didn't even know. But Rashi is willing to understand that the purpose of this mechatos was, was the same as the purpose of mechatas that we find in Parshat's Kukas, it is to be mitvahir tmeyeh Mason to purify those who come into contact with dead bodies. So that's why Rashi understands, that's why HaKadosh Baruch commanded it here, because some of the liviim were tamei mes. Why does Rashi get involved altogether? I'm looking for the reason, a general principle that I've stated many times, is that Rashi usually does not discuss and does not consider the reasons for the mitzvahs. I think the reason is, and I saw this in the Sefer Marirachl. I think the reason is because it says, The Pasek itself begins by telling us the reason for the general reason for all of these procedures that are about to come. All of these procedures serve the purpose of to purify the Leviah. So Rashi, is looking to understand how does sprinkling somebody with mechatas make them pure? Well, first of all, what is mechatas? And secondly, what does it have to do with making somebody taha But he didn't want to just say, there's, a constant, there's, there's no, no apparent reason for it, or we don't have to know the reason for it. The Pesach is telling us that the reason for it is the taharam. So Rashi explains, how does this mechatas? How is it metahir people? The answer is because some of these people were, must have been Tommy mace, and this is how you purify yourself from Tomas Mace by sprinkling the Mechatas. Now, up until this Rashi, this one Rashi comment, I would say is, um, it is practical. It is not resorting to Midrash. It's a very practical, logical kind of comment. First, he explains what Mechatas is, he identifies it. Then he says to himself, how does that serve to be Mithair people? The Pasik itself says that it's Mattyar. So Rashi says, how does that serve to purify people? Well, let's let's take a look at Varshas Kukas and see what Mechatas does. What it does is that it purifies people from Thomas Mates. This is all very much Chuteshomikra. Well, let's go to the next part of the Posik. The next part of the Posik says, the Havihusar Al Col Bisarop they must cause to pass a razor on all of their flesh. They must cut off all their hair from all over their body. Now here, Rashi says, I found in the words of Rabbi Moshe Darshan. Rabbi Moshe Darshan was a Talmud Chacham who lived in Narbonne in France. In the early 11th century, Rashi lived more towards the... Later part of the 11th century. So, this was a great rabbi who lived not, not too much before Rashi. And he uh, apparently wrote or copied a, a collection of midrashim, which are known as the yesaid of Rabbi Maisha Darshan. Rashi quotes Rabbi Mashiach Darshan in a number of places in his commentary on Tanakh. So, here Rashi says, I found in the words of Rabbi Mashiach Darshan. Because the Leviim were given as a kapara, as an atonement for the Bechoires, for the firstborn of Kla Yisrael, She'avdu
1: HaVaita who served HaVaita Originally, since very ancient times, the, the custom was, I
0: don't know if this is considered a halacha, I don't think it's one of the Sheva Mitzvahs, ben or in any way in the category of any one of the Sheva Mitzvahs Inayah, but it was a very ancient custom that when a family wanted to serve Hashem or even to serve some false deity the Bukhar, the firstborn son of the family had the privilege and the honor of doing the service of bringing the Korban now when K'lai Yisrael sinned and they brought Korbanais to the Egel HaZahov following Matan Torah, who naturally would have been the ones who actually brought the korbanas. The korbanas were b- brought on behalf of everyone, but who would have actually done the work? It would have been the v'chiras. So Rashi is saying in the name of Revi Meisha Darshan, that the leviim were being given to Hashem, were being given to the Avedis mikdash, as a kapura, as an atonement, for the B'choy of Calah who served the Vaytah okay, Kru'ya Zivchei and a Vaytazara is called Zivchei Meisim. When you bring a Korban to a Vaytazara, it's called, you're, you're bringing Zivchei Meisim, the, the sacrifices of, of the dead, or the dead sacrifices. We can quibble about what's, which one is more correct. But a Vaytah is connected to Misa, its death, for a variety of reasons. And one simple reason is, is that it's, it's 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 dead, it's nothing, there's nothing there, it doesn't do anything. Okay, Bahamatsoira Kari Mace. Now, we also know that a matsoira, a person who has been afflicted with saras, is called dead. That's based on a Pusik actually at the end of this week's parsha. But that's a general principle. A mutsoira is called a dead man or a dead woman. His, and therefore. Since we are talking about the Leviah who are being given as a kapara for the b'cheres who did what? Who did avaydazara? And avaydazara is called
1: mace, It's called dead. And a is also called dead. So avaydazara is called dead. A mitzayra is called
0: dead. That means by means of the uh, communicative property. I believe that's what it's called. By means of that property of mathematics that a and a and a and a and a are the same. They're very closely related. So, his, so his, therefore the Torah required for the levium he required the Torah required the levium to shave off all their hair, similar to a mitzvah. That is one of the one of the uh, one of the things, one of the procedures that a Mitsuira has to do in order to purify himself or herself from the tzaras. The tzarah must shave off all, uh, all of his
1: hair. And therefore, here the the, the Leviim are being given as an atonement, atonement for people who
0: did avayta zara. And avayta zara is similar to tzaras. So therefore, the leviyam had to cut off all their hair. This is an explanation from Rabbi Meisha Hadarshan. Uh, every time I say it over, I think I understand it a little better, but I'm still not. It still seems a little, a little forced, a little, a little too complex. Uh, I'm not prepared to <laughs> to relieve myself or anybody else of that of that problem. But this is what Rabbi Moshe Darshan says, and he is Rebi Moshe Hadarshan. He is somebody who uh, makes midrashim more, or repeats midrashim, teaches us midrashim here. Rashi resorts to Midrash. Now, why did he do that? The first comment by Rashi is very not Midrashic. It's very, very much al Shot. And now Rashi he goes into a very rather complex, fanciful Midrash. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's kind of far away from the, the simple explanation of the words in the plastic. Why does Rashi do this? I think he does it because he felt he had no choice. Rashi saw that the pusik is Hashem is telling the Levim that they must shave off all their hair. Well, where'd that come from? The reason they have to be sprinkled with the paradoma water. Okay, we can understand it's natural that under uh, amongst a group of uh, approximately twenty-two thousand Levim who are now being inaugurated into service, uh, there are probably some people who have come into contact with dead bodies, and maybe some other people who. Uh, don't, didn't even realize that they had come into contact with dead bodies, but no. Well, why we don't have to assume that they were Mitzrayim, that they all had so that some of them had saras and they have to uh, shave off all their hair. Their, their hair, and besides, if they are really Mitzrayim, then you have to do a lot more than just shave off your hair. You also have to bring uh, two birds, and one is a carbon and one you do something else with. And you have to be sprinkled with the blood of the bird. There's a whole other uh, procedure, a whole long procedure as uh, as one can see in Parshas Mitzorah. So why would the Pasuk say over here that the Levian have to shave off their hair? So here Rashi had no choice. He was backed into a corner and therefore he saves himself by quoting the Midrash of Rabbi Moshe Hadarsh. By the way, it would seem that now that Rashi has said, now that Rashi has accepted this Midrash, the Rabbi Moshe it would seem that Rashi could now include, he could now, um, he could now abandon his first explanation about why they had to be sprinkled with mechatas. We could now say that the reason they had to be sprinkled with mechatas is because the Bechairahis are a kapara, not the Bechairahis, the levim are, are a kapara for the Bechairahis who serve the Vajrazarah. And a Vajrazarah is called Zivheim Mason. A Vajrazarah is connected with death. And therefore, now we can understand why all the levim had to be sprinkled with the Paradoma water, because that's how you purify yourself from the tumor that comes from dead bodies. This would answer the question that he raised. That it's true that maybe some them were Tameh Mace, but certainly not all of them were Tameh So, why did they all have to be sprinkled with Nechatas? Now that we know the Midrash of Rabbi, Darshan, of Rabbi Moshe Adarshan, I think we can say that being sprinkled with Nechatas is also part of this, uh, is also because of this comparison between Avedazora and Misa and Matsurah. Okay. So, Rashi has told us this Midrash of Darshan. Now, let's go to the next Rashi. And we will see through the next few Ptsukim and the next few Rashi comments that that now that Rashi has adopted this Midrash of Revi Meisha Darshan, he is going to use it and defend it and see it as the explanation for many different things in these Ptsukim. So Pasek says, the Lakhu par ben bakar, the Leviim will take a bull from the herd of cattle so, and it's accompanying a grain offering, that is fine flour mixed with oil. And a second bull from the herds, um, you will take for a Interesting that um, regarding the first par, it says, they will take, presumably referring to the Levium. And by the second part, it says, Tikach you will take, you singular will take, presumably referring to the difference, I don't know at the moment. I just noticed that right now. Let's see Rashi, par ben bakor, says Rashi, it's an oivah, it is a burnt offering, it is a Corban that is completely burnt on the Mizbeach, okay. Commotion MR, as it says in Posecute Base, make one of the parim into an Oila, and the Posec says, and the other one make into a Chatas. So we see that the first one is an Oila. This Posec doesn't make it clear. This Posecute just says, take a par, but Rashi tells us, based on Posecute Base, that this first par is an Oila. And it is a
1: Corbin Cibor for Avaidazorra. We find, pardon me, um, we find in, in Parshish Shlach that if
0: the Cibor, if the entire congregation of Yisrael serves a Vedizora, there's a certain, there's a Corbin that they need to bring. Of course, there are certain limitations and certain uh, specifics about the situation, but when an uh, entire
1: tzibur needs to bring a korban for the sin of serving of a vajazara, what they bring is a par. Let's see, all right, let's discuss this part of Rashi first. It
0: seems like at the beginning of the Rashi, well, it seems like the first part of Rashi breaks one rule and the second part breaks another. The first part of Rashi He's explaining that this par, Ben Bokar, is a korban oivor. First of all, we could ask, why did he even find it necessary to explain that? If the Torah doesn't say what kind of a korban it is. So, I don't know what kind of korban it is. Um, I mean, Rashi is not a halachic. He's not writing a halachic text. He's not writing a how-to book, how to how to perform all the mitzvahs in the Torah. But, all right, I'll, I'll let him have that. Uh, he wanted to know what kind of a korban is this, since the pasuk doesn't specify. But he says that it's a korban oila, as we see from pasuk Yud Beis. He bases his answer on a later pasuk. Now it's not very far in the future. We're here learning pasuk number eight. He's quoting pasuk number twelve. But generally speaking, it is not Rashi's habit to bring in information from later psukim, if it's not necessary. And we could have understood this Pasek, I think quite simply. Okay, take a par and it's So we're obviously talking about some kind of a korban because that's a normal thing that we find many places in the Torah, that an animal korban is brought together with an accompanying grain offering. Okay. So which kind of korban? You can't, you can't be patient a couple of minutes till we get to Pasek Yud-Base and find out that it's an oiva. Rashi seems to be pushing over here, seems to be impatient. He wants to tell us that this is a korban Uyba, as it says in Pasek Yud-Base. So that seems to violate one Rashi principle, that Rashi generally will explain the Pusik in front of him and not bring in facts from later psukun, unless necessary. Point number two is that Rashi now tells us the reason for this Corban. He says, for who Corban, Sibor, Babay De Zorah. It is, Zor. it is the, it, the, Par is the type of Corban that is brought when a Sibor needs to bring a Corban because they did acknowledge it. Okay, who, who told Rashi to ask that question? Why is this Corban being brought? Usually Rashi, when the when Torah when gives a mitzvah, usually Rashi does not raise the question, why are you supposed to do this? What function does this serve? Why do you do this? Here, he seems to raise the question, why are you bringing this Korban? Rashi says, well, we find in Parsha Shlach that when a zebra has to bring a Korban for doing a or they're a Par. So that's what this one is for also. What's going on in this whole Rashi? I think
1: the answer is, is, is really quite simple. The answer is, pardon me, the answer is that really Rashi wanted to come to this point. This is really what he wanted
0: to say, who because he wants to continue along the thread that he started in the previous pasuk with the with, with Rabbi Moshe's darshan that the b'chayros that the Vm are a kapara for the avidezora that was done by the b'chayros, and he now wants to follow along on this same path. He and I think perhaps because, one could explain it in different ways, but I think perhaps because he wants to support it. He realized, Rashi, that, that Rabbi Moshe Darshin's approach is a little, has a lot of moving parts. I mean, it's, it's a little complex. It's a little, a little bit of a stretch, but Rashi wants to show that it fits with later psukim also, that, it, that as if we'll continue to read this parsha, we'll see again and again that he's right. So he wanted to say that this par is a Korban Sivar for for Avaita Zorah, because that supports Rabbi Moshe Adarshan, who said that we're talking here about atoning for Avaita Zorah. The only thing is, first, Rashi had to clarify for us that this par ben bakar is an oila. If it wouldn't be an Oivah, then it wouldn't have any connection to the par that we find in Parshish Shlach that was brought for Avaita Zorah, because the par in Parshish Shlach is a Korban oila. If this par over here were a Hattas or a Shlomin or whatever, then it wouldn't make sense to compare that. So first Rashi had to clarify that this par ben Bakr is a Korban That's just a few psuk in, in advance. That's in Pasek Yud Bates. And then he was able to say his main point. His main point is that the reason for this par must be, or we can very well argue that it is, that the reason for this par is because it's an atonement which supports the point that he made before in the name of Rabbi Moshe Adarsha. Let's go to the next Rashi. Far and the second par. Now that is a questionable phrase. That's a phrase that raises a question. If you say okay, take a par. And then it could have said, and take a par for a hatas. What do you mean, par We don't have any of the are. There are two. Say so first take a part, then I say take a take part. How many are there? Two. So Rashi says ma What is the meaning of the pasuk that says sheni This is to say to you ma Just like a cor, just like the korban Oilo, which is the first part, is not eaten by definition a korban Oilo. No parts of it are eaten. So So this korben chatas that we're talking about here is lo lo ne'echeles, it is not eaten. Now normally a korben chatas is partially eaten. Certain parts are put in the mitzbeach, certain parts are eaten by the But Rashi is telling us that ufar sheni, the meaning of this phrase ufar sheni is to compare it to the par to compare it to the first one, and to tell us that this korben chatas is not eaten. Okay, now Rashi says, smach and in this there is a support to his words, the Torah's Now, this is a difficult
1: phrase. When he says, smach in this there is a support to his words, whose words are
0: he referring to? That needs to be clarified. And what does he mean, the Torah's Kaihani? If one will look in Teres Kahanim, which is the primary Midrash halacha on Sefer Vayikra. So in Teres Kahanim on Sefer Vayikra, there, this drasha is found there. That's where this drasha comes from. This drasha about Parasheni. But so what does it mean? There's a, there's, there's a support for this in Taras Kahanim. There's not a support for it. That's where it is. Not like the Taras Kahanim sounds someone like this. No, this is a quotation from Teres Kahanan. So this whole phrase here, we'll have to clarify that. And now Rashi says, and I say that this is a heroic asho, meaning this that they brought up as an oil to be mechafer anavayda zara. This is a heroi asho. This is a temporary rule. This is a, a one-time mitzvah it, it breaks certain general principles, but it was just done this one time. Why? Because a sair, a goat, they should have brought as a chatas for a Zorah, together with the par ho-ayda. Because we find in other places, we find in, in, fascists, in the end of Parshish's shlach, that when they brought a par as an oil for a Zorah, <clears throat> Together with that, they brought a soir, they brought a goat. They didn't bring another par, they brought a goat. So, why over here, as a, an atonement for a Vajazorah, did they bring a second par? Rashi says, Tay-ro-ashon. Now, this also needs explanation because it sounds like Rashi was investigating the reason for this carbon, this par shani, and he he couldn't understand it. What's the reason for this korban? Well, What's this carbon doing here? And so he threw up his hands and he said, Aroya similar to the way we've spoken about sometimes, it seems like Rashi is looking for the reason of a mitzvah. And then he throws up his hands and says, it's a decree of the, of the Torah, which also is it's hard to understand why Rashi would do that. And we have explained on some occasions that that's not really what he's saying. But there are places where it sounds like that. Here it sounds like he's looking for the reason or the function of this carbon and he can't figure it out. And so he throws up his hands and says, My Ruach, sure, I, I, I can't explain it, but the Torah commanded it to be like this, just this one time. So that seems to break one of Rashi's major principles. That he does
1: not usually look for the reasons for mitzvahs. Now, so how do we explain all of these questions? I'm Rashi. Pardon me, I'm just looking at my notes for a moment. Let's start. Let me take a look over here. I have it copied in a slightly different way. So there's a, there's a Grasje. Let's take a look at the Gurarye on this Rashi, these two Rashis.
0: The second one, really. Rashi says that what is the Parsheni? Why does the Pasik say Parsheni, A second par? To tell you that just like the first par was an oil, it was not eaten, so too the second one. Although it's a khatas, also it is not eaten. And then Rashi says, a the We said that's a difficult phrase to understand. First of all, to this, there is support to his, in this, there is support to his words. Whose words? And what is he saying? There's a smach to his words in the Taras If he's referring to this drusha there's not just a support for these words in the Taras These words are an actual quotation from Taras So the Gu'ariya explains as follows. Peirush, what does it mean? In this, there is support to his words from Taras this, that this korban chatas, that is mentioned in this passage, is not eaten. It is a support for the words of Rabbi Maisha Darsha. Because Rashi said before, in the name of Rabbi Maisha Darsha, that it was because of the Zohar that they were bringing these korbanais, the korban because the korban avodah zora, and a korban that is brought for avodah zora is not eaten, el-nisra. That really comes from a gemara in zvachim, a couple of different gemaras in zvachim. But the point is, when Rashi says it was zoye shmach he means that since this halacha that we just said, that the korban Chatas that was brought here by the levir was a special korban chatas that was not eaten. That is another support for the words of Rabbi Moshe Adarshan. Again, Rashi seems to be looking as hard as he can. He's trying very hard, working very hard to show that the drush of Rabbi Moshe Adarshan is correct because you see a support here. And I used to see a support here also. Now says the Gorari, Omar betveres this that Rashi says in turkashanim hayrus the explanation me it is the meaning is drasha zesh adoshu matamul machani this drasha that they said um har hasheni i don't know where these question marks come from that's a mistake so we have the mekhot rakufar bakr dhatas it should have only said and a par for a khatas the alfinimina shena khatas this drasha from which we learn that this korban chatas was not eaten, drasha zeh who v'teres This drasha is in teres In other words, we should put a comma over here, or maybe even a period. First Rashi says, this halacha, that this korban chatas was not eaten, is a support for his words, the words of Rabbi Moshe Darshan, that we are dealing here with korbanais and with various procedures that were done to attain, atone for avaidazara, comma, the Torah Skihanan. The drasha comes from Torah kahan. Now we know how to read the Rashi. And now, what about the last part of Rashi? Rashi seems to be trying to understand why we bring a par instead of a, instead of a, uh, instead of a soir, I mean, why do we bring a par? Now, practically in the whole, Torah, Nahal Sefer Vayikra, anytime the Torah tells us to bring a certain animal as a korban, I don't know if Rashi ever really discusses why is this korban a par, why is this korban a, a keves, why is this korban an, an egg. very rarely, if at all. Um, if one is interested in such questions, I know that Rav Hirsch very often addresses these kind of questions in a very fascinating way. Rashi rarely, if ever, addresses the question, why is this korban brought from this particular animal? Here he seems to be uh, concerned. He's trying to understand why is this korban apart. But the answer is because he's again trying to support and trying to defend the drusha of Rabbi Maisha Darshan. Rabbi Meisha Darshan said that everything being done here is being done as an atonement for Avaita Zorah. But wait a minute. If it's an atonement for Avaita Zorah, the korban, that the Torah designates as an atonement for avodah in Parshish Shlach is, an, is a sair, is a goat, not a, not, a, not, a, uh, not a bull. So Rashi says, okay, it's shor, it's a one-time ruling for whatever reason. A Kaddish Baruch here preferred to have a par rather than a sair. Let's continue with two more Rashi's. Pasuk Tess says, the he you will bring close the Leviyam in front of the Oil moyed the Hikalta Eskol HaDas Yisrael, and you will gather there the entire congregation of Yisrael. Rashi says, because the Leviyam were being given as an atonement in their place, meaning the, the leviam are being given as a Corban for all the v'chayris of Kalah and as the Barari explains, really for all of Kalah because in in what sense, what, what was the situation in which the Leviyim served the by the Cheyta Egel? They did it as representatives of the entire Kalah Yisrael. That was the custom that when you wanted to bring a korban, you went to the firstborn of your family and he would serve as your kai. He's doing it for you. So really the whole, all of Kalah Yisrael is culpable. For the Korbanas to Avedah that were brought at Har Sinai, So since the Leviim are, are being given over to the service of the Mishkan as an atonement for them, for all of the people of al Yisrael, so therefore the people should come and they should stand by the Korban, they should be present as the Korban is being brought, the and they should do smicha, they should lay their hands upon the heads of the Levian the way a person does when he brings a Korban. Again, why is Rashi searching for reasons over here? Rashi does not usually search for reasons, but the answer is, again, he wants to be mechazek, he wants to strengthen and he wants to prove the point that he has already made in the name of Rebbe Meishe Adarshe. And one more Rashi, in prosach, Yud Aleph, Behinifa arenas of al- Leviyan t'snufa lifnei Aaron will wave the Levian, a waving in front of Hashem. Aaron picked up each levian and waved them around. Rashi says, this is similar to the way, Sha'asham Mitsuira to un the sin offering that is brought by a Mitsuira, one of the Kurbanis that is brought by a Mitsuira in his process of becoming Tahor is a is a um, is a is a Corbin Asham and that Corbin required snufa chai. While the, while the animal was still alive, you had to pick it up and wave it around. So Rashi is saying similarly, the, uh, the Levium had to be picked up and waved around. Again, why is Rashi looking for reasons? I think the point is because again, he is coming to strengthen and to defend the position of Rabbi Moshe Adarshan that the Levium are being used as a carbon to atone for a Vedazara, and Avaidazara is comparable to Mitsuira, to Tsaras, and therefore this particular aspect of the purification of a mitsoira also applies to the, to the purification of the Levi. What do we see from all of this? What is there? Some lesson to be drawn on a, on a practical level, on a technical level, we see how Rashi adopts a midrash and then defends it and uses it again and again to explain a whole partial. Although at first he hesitated in, on his first, when he, was, when he was addressing his first question uh, about uh, sprinkling the lilium with water mixed with the, uh, mixed with the uh, Afer Fara, when he came to that, he tried to explain it in a simple and practical way. But then he got backed into a corner and so he adopted the Midrash of the Uesha Darshan, and then he ran with it. So we see this Derek of Rashi. On a more practical level, on a more Musa level, what do we see from all of this? I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think we see that the Levium are very important. They were, the Levium served as an atonement for the, the sin of the Egel HaZahov. We see that the entire Jewish nation, in a sense, owes its existence to the Leviya. Next time you see a Levi getting the second Aliyah uh, by Kriya Satara, you should think he and his ancestors were all here only because of this person and his ancestors. I think we also see that Korach, who was a Levi and rebelled that he wasn't the he wasn't Kayan and he wasn't the Klan Gadol. I think we can see that he made a very big error of not understanding his own worth. As a levy. and I think we see that the very existence of the Vian should be a a reminder to all of us that uh, there was once upon a time something called the Chet of the Egal Azahav, and Fazal tell us that any time Kli Yisrael is chas punished, there's a little bit of punishment from the Eyal Egal Azahav that is that is meted out. Also, in other words, that sin has not totally disappeared from. Uh, from reality, it's still around in some way. The Luvim are the are the living symbol, the living and breathing symbol that we can overcome that uh, that avera. Of course, we have to work at it. We have to we have to not 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 do that kind of avera, not to ascribe any powers to anyone other than Hakadosh Baruch and not to panic if one of our greatest, one of our leaders passes on. We should should mourn it, we should should regret it, but not panic and and start to to change the Torah because a great leader has passed on. The greatest of all leaders, Maishu Rabbeinu, they thought had died, but they they were taken to task for panicking about that. Those are some of the lessons
1: perhaps we can learn from this Parsha.